What's up, everyone? This is after further review. You already know you got your boy Rye Red in the house. Ben's here too. And Chase. So first off, we definitely want to say thank you to everyone watching. We're excited to uh, to do this podcast. We've been wanting to do it for a while, and we hope you guys enjoy. Um, we're gonna go over a little bit quick about ourselves and then get right into it. So for me, a uh, big Mets fan here, big Jets fan, big Knicks fan. And yeah, otherwise, I think golf's underrated. Uh, this is Ryan here, everyone. Uh, from outside of the Philly area, so, you know, born and raised, still dire to this day of everyone, especially the 76ers, still trusting that process. And uh, yeah, I might not know as many takes as everyone else on here but i'm definitely down to uh hash it out when i need to and this is chase uh mostly a philly fan and a baltimore ravens fan as well and really love the deep dive on the sports talking like deep rosters lots of transaction stuff uh into baseball for the most part and just looking forward to talking sports with you guys yeah, and that's the the biggest thing we want to get across is this is kind of just like a unique sports podcast. You know, we'll probably hit most of the main events, but we're not going to be like every other show out there when we only talk about, you know, Rodgers, Brady, the Lakers. You know, obviously we're going to touch on that stuff too, but we want to get to like all sports, anything about it, and obviously any questions the viewers ever have, we'll definitely dive in and do our research and talk about it as well. But um yeah, so got good introductions from everyone. Uh, I think the first thing we wanted to talk about were how pitchers and catchers are reporting soon. Is that right, Ben? Yeah, I mean, it's coming up quick, and it's hard to believe that Super Bowl Sunday is right around the corner, but then we got pitchers and catchers coming up here soon. Um, I know for the Mets, you know, it was a pretty crazy offseason. Uh, we lost Jacob deGrom, which is probably one of the, one of the best pitchers of the generation. Little, little bit of a weird statistical type thing. I know for traditional Hall of Fame stats, he's not there, but he's got some crazy other numbers. But then we got Verlander and uh, Senga and Quintana. So pretty interesting free agent, uh, free agent signing for the Mets. And I know for you guys, Chase, you might want to touch on it, but the Phillies made some big splashes too. Yeah, starting off with Trey Turner, giant signing. And really shows up the top of the lineup. Plus, he's a defensive wizard at shortstop. So, Brighton Stock can move to second. And really, with um, getting Tywin Walker from the Mets, I know he's not like a number two, but he's definitely like a four in the oh, Phillies. I love yeah. And he's going to eat up a lot of innings, too, which is great. So, now we only have to figure out the fifth rotation spot, which is a whole lot easier than last year trying to piece together like two people then we got a third maybe and then back to two people and so definitely a big off season for the Phillies uh biggest thing though is not having Bryce Harper for half a year that's definitely with the outfield uh, I know we just made the trade with the Tigers a few weeks ago but it's definitely gonna hurt a little bit not having some outfield depth and I'm gonna have to rely on some bench guys for sure yeah, yeah, and I know with the Mets, I mean, that's one of the things I worry about is definitely the rotation's uh, age. I mean, they're you look at Verlander and Scherzer when they're healthy, two of the top guys in the league, but they're going on almost close to 40, and that's 
definitely worrisome when it comes to top of the rotation guys. Um, I mean, it's almost like the Mets and Phillies traded Walker for uh, Robertson. <laughs> when you think about it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, in that NL East is going to be absolutely nuts with the the Braves signing basically everyone on their team to long-term team-friendly deals. Um, it's going to be the top three is going to be a battle for sure. And then yeah. you never know with the Marlins. They're, scra- they're a scrappy team. Yeah, they're, it's going to be really competitive. I mean, it always seems like it is, but even this year, it seems like more than last year. It was kind of like a two-horse race at the end there. But yeah, it's going to be super exciting for baseball this year. I don't know. It's just big, especially with the World Baseball Classic coming up. The season starting. There's just so much going into the season. Yeah, and you got rule changes. You got the the shifts oh, that yeah, are going away. That's right. The, yeah. I honestly think the batters are going to have a really tough time adjusting to not being able to always step outside the box. You know, um, even with like the uh, the stealing rule, trying to get like people to steal more and not yeah. being able to throw pickoffs as much for pitchers. Like, I feel like there's a lot of big game changing rules. I completely forgot about that. Thing. Yeah, yeah you, got, you got guys like Cody Bellinger going to the Cubs, who he's he had a really crappy year last year, but he might be he might put himself back on the map. And um, you know, I mean, I think Joey Gallo is a lost cause, but maybe he'll do better. I don't know. Yeah, oh, yeah. true. You can just hit in right between first and second base now. He's no one hit, over there. Yeah. Like I know. Right? Just so many weak hit singles coming up this season. Just <laughs> bloopers, stuff that just leaks in. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's, like, yeah. It's weird just because, like, they're trying to speed up the game. So, like, they have, like, pitchers on clocks and batters not being able to leave the batter box and stuff. But I feel like there's going to be a lot more weird hits that just going to, like, yeah. you know, kind of annoy everyone. Like, okay, well. Yeah. I don't know if this is going to be better for really good hitters, like a high average person, because now they can just place the ball wherever. Like they're not really worried about like, I don't know. I like, I don't know if it's better or worse for them now because of like the shift being gone. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see you got over the last couple of years, not many guys batting over 300 really at all. And maybe you start seeing some of those guys that used to hit like 330, 340 a year. Maybe they get back to that because they're just, But um, also, maybe this will bring back the bunt, which is great. It's true. Oh, Underrated, yeah. needs to come back. The suicide squeezes the, in there. Yeah, the stupid extra innings rule. You could just oh. bunt the you could just bunt the runner over first batter. Guy's already a third. Now you just have to get him from third to home. And you still have that extra out. And most yeah, people got, don't even do that. They got rid of that rule, right? Extra innings, or is that just postseason? They don't do that. They did not do it in the postseason. I actually don't remember i don't know if that's gone um, this year yeah yeah it should be we'll have to take a look at that but that was one of the worst things that baseball did um because it just yeah it's just it ruined games yeah yeah and you get these elite relievers that come in with a man on second no one out it's just that's a tough spot because if you're a good situational hitting team you should be able to get that runner home i mean you should be able to punch it over to the right side get a sack fly should be able to do those things yeah bunt yeah (laughs) yeah yeah, I'm really uh, hoping bunting and stealing comes back because I don't know. Just thinking about like teams from like the early 2000s, that was like a big part of some teams' identity. Like yeah. playing small ball like that, like having a Juan Pierre just get on first every single time, steal to second. He's already in scoring position. Yeah, yeah. yeah you got. I remember like Kenny Lofton and guy yeah. like that who just Jimmy Rollins, Victorino. Yeah. Speaking of Jimmy Rollins, I'm glad you brought that up. I wanted to see what you guys thought 
about the Scott Rowland and the Hall of Fame. So I know he's Philly. I don't know if he would go in as a Philly. Um, yeah. Between him yeah. and the Cardinals. But well, how many, he wasn't on the Phillies that long, was he? Like, I don't, I don't he know. He had a good stretch number. with the Phillies. Um, but I would assume he'd go on the Cardinals. But I personally thought he was a bit um, on the fringe side as far as Hall of Fame goes. I know they definitely weighed his defense pretty heavily. Um, but I look at, to me, that you look at guys now like Arenado and Machado and the fact that Roland's a Hall of Famer, I think those two are pretty much almost locks yeah. at this point, which is kind of nuts. But This is a good time to show you guys the shirt I'm wearing, by the way. <laughs> oh. Oh. Yeah, so this is a it's a t-shirt since people can't see this, but it's a t-shirt of a Mike Schmidt baseball card. Oh, and I love that. Yeah, so I was like, okay, all right, I saw it, and it's hard to like we were talking about baseball cards, and it's hard to find like yeah, Mike Schmidt cards, like especially like his rookie one because it's a it's like a part of other people's too, like mm-hmm. it's not just a straight up one. But so I saw this shirt and I was like. Damn, so he can't just have like a solo rookie card, but he can have a solo rookie card shirt. I like but it's that. not like a rookie card, but it's just like the shirt itself. Yeah. Yeah, so, you should get that graded. Yeah, right. <laughs> I know. If we if we go to another show, I'll definitely wear it there. But uh, yeah. So for Roland, I also thought he was on the French side. And judging him against like a Mike Schmidt, I'm like, there's definitely a different category. And especially elite defensemen now, like you're saying, Arnado Machado, like all the top guys, there's yeah. just something else about their game that they have. That it's Roland's just, like great, but he's not like, I don't know, one of the elites, I would say. He never had the offensive um, numbers that just made me think he was Hall of Fame worthy. I mean, there's guys like, just off the top of my head, like Dale Murphy and like Nomar Garcia Parra, who yeah. you look at those numbers and Schmidt. Yeah. But no, those two guys in particular who yeah. aren't in the Hall of Fame. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Um, and their numbers are nuts. Now they had like a somewhat of a shorter peak, which is probably why. But I don't know. I mean, if you look at some of those numbers, it's insane. Garcia yeah. Parra had like two years where he hit like over 350 and yeah. No, that's true. And Jimmy Rollins should be in if Scott Rollins in because Jimmy Rollins like stolen bases, just yeah. singles, hits. I'm like, well, and that's for a shortstop. Si- but then it gets a slippery slope because then Jimmy Rollins and David Wright to me are pretty similar. But David Wright, yeah. because of injuries, I don't, uh, know. I don't know. It's tough. It kind of taints the last half of his career. Yeah. It's and tough. you almost think more about that than you do like the first half when he was like insane. Like sensational. Yeah. I mean, those, I mean, a big part of Jimmy Rollins, though, too, would be those Philly teams. I mean, those were some of the best Philly teams and probably some of the best teams of the, you know, that's decade. You know, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, he was a certain, I mean, it was a powerhouse. Like, just to think about it, I don't want to geek out too much on this, but like you could have Victorino or Rollins lead off at least second, then Howard in there. Like, yeah. Victorino, I mean, uh, worth like just Victorino. yeah, just insane lineup. But well, no, it's just, the time, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's ex- exciting time, and I think um, baseball doesn't get talked about as much. But like, how we have some of the best athletes 
right yeah. now in the world playing sports and baseball shouldn't be overlooked there. And it, it's definitely going to be an exciting season. I know I'm excited again for the Phillies. Ben's excited for the Nets. Definitely have to go to a game. Yeah. At, uh, Citizens Bank Park for sure. But um, yeah, just kind of moving on from one sport to another. We'll definitely get to the Super Bowl and want to touch a lot on that. But um, we got the NBA trade deadline coming up soon. I don't know about you guys, but I, I'm a little I'm a little sweaty about it just because I feel like the NBA trade deadlines a it's bigger than than any other sport in my opinion. Um, players make such a difference in the NBA, and you know one move could make or break. Being a Sixers fan, I'm definitely nervous about. It. I don't know how you guys feel. Yeah. Uh, well, Kyrie being moved was a big one. I kind of didn't think it was going to happen just because of how much he's talked about it and speculated since basically he became a net. Uh, yeah. And outside of that, there just doesn't seem like a lot of people who are going to be on the move anyways, you know, like maybe one big trade, but it's not just like a loaded deadline. Like it seems like it's going to be the typical buyouts, role player guys. Yeah, yeah, and I, I just know, like, obviously, Maury, Daryl Maury, uh, you know, is known for making big moves, obviously. He got went out and got Harden last year, and that was a snag in itself. But um, I don't know, I just stress a little bit, because like you said, I don't know how much movement's going on out there, and I almost don't want, like, at least from a 76ers fan standpoint, I don't want anything to be forced. You know, I feel like right now we got, like, a nice 10-man rotation going, and I don't really want to – mess with it too much i know no cork moss my boy chase your boy yeah. requested a trade but he's not getting solid minutes right now anyway and we got all their a lot of other athletes so um yeah i just don't i don't, don't want to see anything forced the nba trade line, deadline's got a lot of you know movement every year and there's a lot of good teams i want to see like you know keep competing um obviously the nets are a mess but everyone else seems pretty pretty cohesive right now yeah, and the Nets is so interesting because Kevin Durant and Kyrie, I saw when they played together this year, they were 18 and two, which <laughs> oh is my. nuts. Yeah, that's that's so classic. And yeah, I think even when Harden was there, when they all played, all three of them never played very much, but they were so good. And just as a player who's like who would play with Kyrie, you have to question is he really dedicated to the team? Is he really like, I just. At this point, with Kyrie, regardless of other things he's done, just on the court stuff, I don't, I don't know. I'd be, it'll be interesting to see with the Mavericks if him and Luca, like, who's going to take the last shot? Is it? <laughs> yeah, Luca wants that last shot, but and the know. West playoffs are going to be nuts. So it's gonna be nuts. It's going to be tough environments, and Luca doesn't seem to be a quitter. Like I don't really see that up about him. Like. Handling yeah. a loss is one thing, but like Kyrie can just literally AB you in a minute. Like, yeah, just, he's there, and then the next minute he's gone, and you're like, okay, here we go. Who's on the bench? Yeah. yeah, and just like I mean, the first round of the West this year is gonna be is gonna be nutty. I mean, as it seems like it has been the past like three to four years, but like just like the stamina for Kyrie, who hasn't even been playing like all day every day last couple seasons. You know, he's definitely just like the Nets. He's going to have to play big minutes. They're going to need him to help carry him to get out of the second round. Yeah. Um, Luca definitely needs some help. So I don't know what the final was last night for the box score, but I was looking at the, the Nets and it was like fourth quarter. And I figure, oh, you got like Cam Thomas obviously shining out of the blue. <laughs> oh, but yeah. Then you that's got... so random. <laughs> but then you don't have much else. I'm like, oh, this is time for Simmons to shine, right? 
Oh, he got like fourth quarter. He's got like two points on one or two shooting with like four boards and four assists. And it's like six minutes left in the fourth. <laughs> I was like, what is this guy doing? He's cooked. He's uh, done. Anyway, just a random tidbit. But speaking of polarizing guys in the West, uh, Russell Westbrook, I saw he, him and the, uh, the coach got into, into it a little bit during last game, um, maybe two games ago. But, I, you know, I like Westbrook, but at his contract at, what, $47 million, I don't, I don't know who's taking him or at all. Yeah, what's yeah. how it's going to work out, yeah. I feel like he's been doing better recently, too. I know the beginning of the season was kind of rough, but I feel like – This I year mean, overall, definitely better yeah, year for him. He's like – he's been a good second unit leader, you know, a little bit for the Lakers. Maybe and, someone signed Carmelo for the playoff stretch. Oh, oh someone hope. should always sign Carmelo for the yeah. playoffs. <laughs> the From like Carmelo Anthony, Carmelo. not Lamelo Ball, because Melo is Carmelo Anthony. So yeah, Melo will always be yeah. in New York. OG Melo. Yeah, OG Melo. Yeah, Syracuse Melo. Yeah. No, nah, but uh, there's a lot going on. I also saw this is kind of like out there, but I saw that the Timberwolves were looking at moving D'Angelo Russell. Is there are they like selling or are they just not? Is he not playing right now? What's going on with that? I don't know if, how much you guys know about it, but I just feel like the Timberwolves have like a decent roster again. I know Cat's been out, but yeah, no, I saw like, that too. Like they were going to swap a three team deal with Westbrook in it oh, with D'Angelo okay. Russell going back to the Lakers. Yeah, one of the young guys that got yeah. booted way back when. Yeah. I know it's kind of fitting because, like, I don't know, some guys are going back to, like, their original teams in a way. So that'd be – it'd be kind of interesting. But I don't know because Westbrook also might just be bought out the second he's traded too. Sure. So then where does he go? Who knows? He could be out. He's like the Cam Newton now. Like, so yeah. he's just on the roster getting paid, but – Nobody wants to pay him. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I'll just briefly touch on the, the Knicks. Um, they're seventh right now in the East. So Good win against Philly on Sunday. Good win against Philly. Uh, Tommy T's playing his seven- <laughs> to eight-man old rotation and leaving all the mm-hmm. other young guys on the bench. Um, so one of those young guys, Cam Reddish, who they traded for, has not – I don't know the last time he's gotten any minutes, but I think he's been out of the rotation for – close to two months now so they might as well move off him so i was i saw some rumblings about potentially including a first rounder with him um and getting like sadiq bay from the Ooh. pistons um, okay. that would be something i would like to see the knicks do here soon otherwise they're not built to win a championship so there's no point in going all out for someone um, but other than that i think uh you know, you got like I know there's been rumblings about Obi Toppin too, but you know that's another thing where he won't play him. So yeah, they they have like a bunch of like C players, and they need to get to that like B and A. It seems yeah. like, but also those young guys deserve minutes too, because like you are seventh, you're trying to buy some spots. Maybe you can yeah. sell these guy high. And it's nice because Brunson seems like obviously it's a huge contract, but at least he's like not been a total dud. Like producing, I was a bit. I had some Tim Hardaway flashbacks on that one, but <laughs> yeah, um, he's been okay so far, um, and they're they're winning. Um, and I and I like some of the young guys that have been playing. Have been playing well, like Quentin Grimes and 
Miles McBride and Barrett's been pretty good overall. So quickly has been all right too, right? Quickly yeah. off the bench. Um, yeah. just not Kmart you know, Tyrese. Yeah, you, know, you got guys like Rose and Fournier too who haven't played at all. Fournier played the other night, but for the most part, he hasn't been in the rotation at all either. So yeah, and he's not cheap. No. Anyway, just touching on my Knicks quick. Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, well, it's real- interesting because, like, I haven't even heard the Knicks, like, up for any – like, it's tough because there aren't a lot of stars that are available. Like, maybe KD, but the Nets that there aren't, like, willing to do that right now. That could change tomorrow if someone just blows their doors off. But, yeah, it's tough because the, the Knicks are, like, an obvious spot, but it's almost like you have to wait till the summer and make a sign-and-trade or just sign someone straight out. Yeah. Yeah, no. It, it it'll be interesting to see how it all pans out here in the next like was it is it two weeks left? I think. Yeah, coming up quick, I think. But yeah, and just real quick while we're still talking NBA, obviously Braun with like probably one of the biggest accomplishments. Honestly, I don't know since like Kobe dropped sixty in his last game or something. Like I feel like Braun breaking this record. Um, we definitely have to touch on it because I know it's some like when I was little, you know, Googling stats and stuff, I was like, oh, a cream all time scoring records, untouchable. Like you always see guys that are like, oh, fastest to get to 5,000 or fastest to get to 10,000 or whatever. But yeah, have Kareem's record be broken. That was pretty, that's something I didn't think I would see in my lifetime. It was pretty crazy. Yeah, I think the craziest thing about it too is I didn't know this until today, but Kareem didn't have a three pointer in his game for 10 years the first 10 years oh yeah i just i saw that he only made one three-pointer so technically lebron's still like 2,000 points behind if you're gonna do it that way like just straight up two pointers like that so i got even more respect for kareem now i'm like damn so he did that all with just two pointers and one three-pointer and like how many three-pointers has lebron hit yeah like a ton most of his points are probably threes yeah yeah, and it's crazy. And LeBron, honestly, like, I don't know who has more and ones, but I feel like LeBron gets a lot of three points. Three like point plays, yeah. yeah. Yeah, like, I mean, Kareem, obviously, everyone knows for his giant skyhook shot. Yeah. But that's crazy. I literally saw that, too. Kareem was, like, one for 18 all time. And yeah. I, I think I read that it was, like, accidental, too. Like, Yeah. Well, and it's like, okay, so maybe if the three-pointer was around, he would have more points. But, it, like, I don't know if he still would have taken threes. Like, he might have just never done it even if it was around, but it's still crazy though, that he only had like one on his resume and LeBron had threes his entire career. And he just got there now and he's 38, like a few wrong injuries and he's not even there. So that's kind of crazy. Yeah. I think yeah. the wildest thing about him is just the hype he had coming out of like high school and like being on the cover of sports illustrated and like to go through the NBA and as long as he's had and no real issues off the court is and be number one yeah um as LeBron you're touching on now yeah. yeah just his longevity is pretty crazy um but yeah it's it's you know regardless yeah. of how you feel about the guy it's pretty impressive um, yeah well, and his play style too he's not like you know like a guard or like a big guy who doesn't want to go in for boards he's like all over the place yeah he's played Physical. in the minutes yeah, yeah, he's physical. Like he, he's not afraid to shine down. You know, guarding anybody. Yeah, like and he's so, been point forward a lot of times. Like he's been the one bringing the ball up the court. Yeah, like a ton of different teams, bunch of different offenses. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean it's crazy too because like how many people are the supposed number one next big thing? 
gonna be this career person and flame out and the same amount of time and lebron just stood the test like just just live up live up to that hype and also just to be so young and successful and not have any like get in any legal trouble or any other injuries like yeah just yeah it's impressive yeah no hands down definitely i mean good career now he's still got probably at least a couple more years he's yeah. playing until his son comes yeah. Yeah. He so. keep, he's gonna keep trucking as long as he's putting up these numbers i mean i honestly thought he was gonna save the record for you know tonight uh thursday night prime time um against milwaukee but he just decided to drop a nice little 38 bomb on the thunder and yeah and a loss <laughs> still got the l but yeah broke the record so kind of yeah. like the lakers season right now yeah and yeah, AD they, nowhere to be found. Are they in the? Are they in the? Uh, I, I don't know. They're, they're technically. Oh, I look. They're still outside of it, but they're only two games back right now. That playing. Oh so. yeah, when everyone makes at least the playing tournament now in the NBA, gotta <laughs> love it. That's a separate yeah. separate topic for yeah, another day. Yeah, but... No, I mean it's it's pretty cool, and yeah, I mean I was just looking. I just pulled up real quick, like the top ten scoring leaders right now, and I know it'll probably change, but there's no like guards on there. Like, I mean, you got Jordan, you got Carmelo Anthony. Like, yeah, I mean, can we some... Carmelo top ten, and he's just oh, like yeah. no one just talks about him. Like, yeah, dude's, yeah, there's a bucket. Yeah, no, it's pretty crazy. And then, I mean, I'm sure, like, as the NBA's change into a small league, shooting a bunch of threes and stuff, we'll get some guys up there. But, yeah, no, it's it's an impressive accomplishment. And definitely something – I mean, I used to be a LeBron hater myself back in the day. I always rooted for, you know, those Spurs teams to beat him when he joined the Heat. <laughs> but it's kind of – it gets to a point where, like, it's just, like, cool to watch him. And, you know, he just balls out every night and goes as hard as he can. <laughs> So, yeah. And like, he doesn't rest a whole lot, like compared to other people, you know, who like take a lot of time off. Like he plays pretty regularly, it seems like. So, yeah. And that's why it's tough to see this record broken anytime soon because guys just don't play Mm -hmm. 82 games really anymore. And I get it, but it's going to be tough to tough to see that broken. Yeah. Yeah. All right, yeah, and that's about it for the NBA. Going to take a quick break here real quick, guys, girls, everyone, you know, and um, we'll be back in a few. And we're back after further review. It's your boy, Ryan here. We got Ben in the house rocking the Kareem jersey. A couple days after he got his record broken, and you know, Chizzy Chase with the Mike Schmidt card T-shirt, rocking it clean as well but um guys it's time to talk about the big game i know we've touched on some other sports so far but we're coming up on super bowl sunday um and it's definitely gonna be an exciting one you know two you know two african-american quarterbacks definitely a big deal we got two brothers going at it the kelsey brothers unfortunately they're both on offense so we won't get to see them match up at all but I feel like there's a lot rotting on this game. Andy Reid used to be the Eagles coach, couldn't win the big game in Philly. So there's a lot going on with it. I don't know what you guys are thinking. Yeah, I mean, this game is, you know, it's you know, Patrick Mahomes kind of taking the reins from Brady also. Brady announces his retirement. That's about all we need to say about that. 
<laughs> and uh, yeah, Mahomes, I mean, he's, you know, five straight AFC championship games. That's pretty crazy uh, in the NFL with so much, so much, uh, you know, change that goes on. You know, it's, it's going to be a tough one. I think the offenses are going to battle it out. Um, those defensive lines are, are good. Um, I mean, on both sides. So you think it's going to be high scoring? I think I think it's going to you're looking in the 20s. I, I would go I with like a like a. Oh, you're going straight for the prediction. Going okay. straight for the prediction. Okay, all right. Going for a, a, a 24-21 Chiefs win. Is okay, what I'm at. okay. Uh, all right. I think I think it's high enough scoring, but I mean, Chris Jones for the Chiefs has been an absolute menace, and then you got guys on the Eagles side like Reddick and um, a bunch yeah. of others who have just been doing the going work. Yeah, Son Reddick's had a monster past. Yeah, I mean, good season, but a monster past couple games as well, and. Yeah, no, there's a lot of just raw talent, I feel like, across the board on both teams. And, no, I'm excited. I mean, obviously, you know, being from Philly, being an Eagles fan, um, I'm excited. It's kind of weird being on, you know, not like the just the straight underdog team, like the 27 Nick Foles roster. And, obviously, I was really young um, for those McNabb teams when they made the Super Bowl um, and lost one against the Pats that year. But – no, I'm I'm excited. I, it's it's different feeling knowing like got to witness the Eagles Super Bowl, but I'm I'm just as hungry. I feel like, and I feel like Jalen Hurts is like he has just like I don't know. He he holds himself. You know, he doesn't seem as young as he is. He plays mature. You know, he handles. I feel like the leadership role well, and I feel like he's not going to shy away from this game at least. And I know Mahomes won't. So. I mean, I'm going to probably go like 27-21 Philly. I'm also going 20s like then. But, um, but no, it's going to be a good game for sure, and it's definitely going to come down in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I agree. I've, I'm also just happy, too, because this is going to be the two best teams playing each other, which yes. means a lot. Like, Because if the Bengals got in, no offense, but their offensive line's garbage. They wouldn't have <laughs> survived the Eagles for a minute. Joe Burrow probably would have got hurt. So really the Chiefs did him a favor because Patrick Mahomes already has his money. So if he gets hurt, no big deal. But for Burrow, he's due for an extension. And just competitive wise, the Eagles were going to stop them. And for a Super Bowl, you want it to be competitive. Like, like it's pretty rare, especially through all the sports, too, that the best team actually ends up winning. Like the best regular season team goes on and wins in the postseason and becomes a champ. It's pretty rare that that actually happens. So to get it from the best teams in both conferences to actually make it to the championship game, this is pretty important. And uh, yeah. it's definitely going to be a better game overall. Plus all the storylines feeding in, like you were saying, the Kelsey brothers, Andy Reid's connection. Yeah. Um, Jalen Hurts playing in a big game. Like all, and especially the players themselves, they've all played in giant, collegiate games bigger games so this is they're all built for this moment so it should be a shootout barring yeah. injury but yeah i mean the eagles it's crazy because they got like all this young role of talent you know like the storyline of hurts obviously big year for miles sanders but then you got a lot of the offense alignment you know i mean brandon graham fletcher cox jason kelsey lane johnson all these guys have been there i feel like since i was in high school, you know, eight to 10 years, yeah. all have had like solid careers, Ob- yeah. honestly, borderline hall of fame for, yeah. for a couple of them, maybe. And like, you know, I don't know if it's all of their last rides. I mean, Kelsey basically retired last year, came back. So 
I feel like it's a big, big game for, for more than just hurts. Um, and honestly, the big storyline for me too is AJ Brown. Like, you know, I got a buddy who's a Titans fan. And as soon as we made that trade, he's like, have fun dealing with a hammy injury from week eight on and, you know, him playing half the games and stuff like that. But, uh, he's honestly has not shied away at all. It's obviously a lot easier playing in Philly when you're playing, when you're playing well, but you hadn't Mm -hmm. had to deal with a lot of, you know, criticism and stuff like that. So not exciting to see. And honestly, the chiefs, as soon as they lost Terry kill, everyone's like, Oh, are they going to be as good? And like Travis Kelsey, I'm pretty sure he's like 32 now has another just monster year oh, yeah. for the Chiefs. And, and another monster playoff run. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the Chiefs now, they got guys like uh, Valdez Scantling, Juju, and Kadarius Tony all doing work for them. Um, and, yeah. I mean, the the weapons on that side, and then the Eagles, I mean, not just Brown, you got Smith, yeah. who's dynamic. And, I mean, Hurts could run for 100 yards with his legs if he wants yeah. to. Just yeah, so think- many, so many exciting things to look for. I- kind of feel like the Eagles wide receivers are going to be the biggest difference because the Eagles cornerbacks are probably better than the chiefs. So that, that I think if the Eagles have a big day and win, it's because AJ Brown and Devonte Smith put in work yeah. plus Jalen hurts too has to rush, which is going to be sketchy. But if he's going to, if they're going to win and be Patrick Mahomes, I think he has to outrush them too. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I certainly hope that this game is, decided by the players and there's not ref talk afterwards because yeah. it seems like the course of these playoffs there's been a lot of that and that's, oh yeah that's just missed calls missed calls too much calling just let let the guys play some football yeah yeah, yeah definitely don't need to see no 60 yard pi call it a bailout like a third and 12 <laughs> or something yep. yeah so, yeah I mean, I'd rather win with nothing sketchy. I'd rather, you know, yeah. lose no- nothing sketchy. Either way, just, you know, let it let them play. Yeah. I mean, this this Super Bowl feels like there's no good guy, bad guy. It feels like, you know, both teams have some likable, likable guys. There's no evil, you know, evil villains like we've had with Yeah, there's no Deshaun Watson in there. No Deshaun yeah, Watson. Yeah, good point, good point. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I, you know. Whoever whoever wins, I'm sure deserves it too, yeah. which is the biggest thing. Yeah. So you got any uh, in, any interesting bets for this for this game? Honestly, I, I'm just I'm I'm not gonna go with anything. I'm not gonna put anything down. I'm just gonna sit back and enjoy it. I feel like there was a lot of tension last time I watched an Eagles Super Bowl, um, being in college and having a bunch of Brady fans at the time. So this one, I'm just gonna you know crack open a couple beers, sit back and just watch my guys go and hope for the best. I don't, I don't got much going on it for me. Yeah. I'll probably mess with the point totals or something like that, but I also just want to enjoy the game at the same time. Like. What are you thinking for the outcome? You, you think in twenties too, or. Yeah, I think so. I think, I think if someone gets over 25, they'll probably win. Okay. I don't know who it's going to be. I think I'm leaning towards the Eagles, but that's just because. I've been around it deep in it right now. So it's hard to not see how they could do it. I mean, they dismantled a lot of teams this year and you could say, Oh, they played bad quarterbacks and this and that. But I was like, I don't know. At the same time, they have a lot of good weapons and defense. They play fundamentally like they can get the pass rush with four people 
and their corners are good and their safeties are good and their linebackers hold up. So if you take out Kelsey and just make Mahomes do even more work, it's going to be tough. And Kansas City's rush game, I feel like, isn't as great as it could be. So it could get one-dimensional pretty quick. Yeah. What about yeah. you, Ben? You gonna, you I gonna mean, bet on the coin toss again? No, <laughs> no, not for me. I mean, the only thing that stuck out to me as a potential was um, Travis Kelsey's receiving yards were at seventy-nine and a half, um, and I feel like I feel like he could easily get over that. Yeah, I probably won't do much. Um, might do a little teaser on Chiefs plus seven and a half or something like that. Um, but I think this game's pretty close so i don't i'm not it's a shiesty spread and it hasn't (laughs) really moved at all which is the crazy thing like there hasn't been major fluxes at all it's been pretty solid so i don't know vegas is is making money one and a half one and a half i don't think it's moved at all since it opened i wouldn't honestly i would stay away from anytime touchdown scorers i mean the eagles have like a three-man back rotation and Boston's got to sneak in there. I was going to say, Andy Reid does some weird things that they've yeah. done the goal yeah. line. <laughs> Honestly, that's like something I, I wouldn't touch. I mean, some people will probably go Jalen Hurts just because of his rushing abilities, but yeah. I, you honestly just never know. Yeah, and I just – I mean, the Kelsey just to me, he's going to get fed the ball no matter what, and it's rel- – yeah, I, mean, no. I still think he's going to have 100 yards. Like, yeah. it's just impossible to keep him covered. And, like, if he doesn't have 100 yards, he definitely has a touchdown. So, yeah. It's yep. one or the other, and likely both. So <laughs> that's how you deal with that. Exactly. Yeah, but um, anyone else have any other takes on the Super Bowl? Take uh, take another quick break, real quick, and then come back. You know, finish out the show strong. Sounds good. Let's All right, it. and we'll be right back. Are you ready? I'm not going to stop recording. Do you want me to? No. we're back after further review it's been a lit first show i just want to say thanks to all the listeners right now real quick you know um however many you are out there listening tonight uh definitely a lot of nerves um this is my first time doing a show like this uh so i've definitely enjoyed it and i've gotten more comfortable and already more motivated you know to try to just like better myself as like a sports guru and learning about a bunch of stuff, but good show so far. And now we're kind of just do a little bit of touch on if anyone had any other points and then we can talk about some UFC too. I don't know if anyone had any other topics they wanted to touch on first. Yeah. So I actually saw the bullies of Baltimore 30 for 30 that ESPN had. Oh yeah. 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 So, and I'm not sure like how much you guys saw of it or what you saw of it, but my initial take of it was I'm not going to lie. I was a little disappointed in it. Uh, like the content was great, but for what a 30 for 30 is, it just seemed like it wasn't drawing me in as much as other ones have in the past. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the content itself was great, but it just seemed like this was going to be planned for maybe a few, like two episodes and they condensed it into one. And then it almost felt like if you went to the showing, you were better off getting a better sense of like everything together. Like this was just a recap of like a showing. So if you didn't see it, it was, they had a panel out there of like the biggest stars. So Shannon Sharp, Ray Lewis, Rod Woodson, Tony Siragusa, uh, Brian Billick, their former head coach. And they would just go over 
important moments of that season of their Super Bowl winning season. And more importantly, like the defense, because it was historic. It was a 16 game season. They only gave up 10 points per game, which is probably never going to be broken. Like that's yeah, that, that's wild. Yeah. A bunch of shutouts. Essentially the Super Bowl was a shutout too. The Giants only scored because they had a kick return touchdown. So they didn't give up a touchdown yeah. at all to the offense. And and this was only a couple of years after they were a team, right? In like, existence, like, yeah. Even, they weren't even around before. Four that. years, essentially. Yeah. So four years, four drafts. They get Jonathan Ogden, a franchise left tackle. They get Ray Lewis in the first round as a rookie. And, you know, the toughest part is because that season was marked by a lot of controversy going into it. And Ray Lewis was a part of a double homicide investigation, mm-hmm. which he was likely involved to what extent i don't know but he was found guilty and that's all i know about that because i wasn't there and i don't know many people who were (laughs) yeah but he played a lot of football since then and if i'm just going to judge him purely on the field he's a freak of an athlete insane and it was even crazier because i remember a lot of ray lewis at the end of his career like that just those sticks me sticks with me the most because it's more recent but watching him walk around at that age like the way his body was built i was like damn there's no one walk around the nfl like that right now as a middle linebacker that could do what he could do the power the instinct at such a young age like just so impressive but it was really a good feature thing on the team at that point, but it wasn't like an NFL films or it wasn't just mm-hmm. straight up game by game. This is what happened. They're seizing the ups and downs. Like they went over a lot of it, but it was just kind of glossed over in a way. And then it turned into a Tony Syracuse uh, tribute because he died about a month after they did this little reunion. And obviously uh, before yeah. they showed this, which was important because he was a big part of that team and he was a big personality, you know, with Shannon Sharp too. Like there's, and Ray Lewis, like that's a crazy amount of personalities there, yeah. and the importance of Hard Knocks. Their first, the first ever Hard Knocks was with the Ravens after they won the Super Bowl, oh, wow. because they wanted to see, wow, could this team that came out of nowhere, winning by defense with this many personalities, could they do it? And if they could, this is how they're going to do it. And if they couldn't, this is why they couldn't do it. Which is kind of crazy to think about Hard Knocks now, because they go after teams and it's like random. It's not always a Super Bowl champ. It's like. Yeah. Someone who went five and had five wins the year before, somebody like that, you know, that has people on it, but not like you find people through the show instead of like already knowing people. Like Shannon Sharp obviously is like a giant personality, maybe as questionable sports takes, but either way, like yeah. he's still like a on a field too. Like he's just going to talk the entire time, like, a, you know, but. Yeah. yeah, I would say like I would give it like a C overall. Like I, it could have definitely been a little bit more for what they hyped it up as versus what it was. I was definitely not wholly impressed with it. Yeah, I um I was looking at a post ESPN made about about it, and it was kind of comparing like the top five defenses of the two thousand like two thousand to two thousand twenty, um, and it went it the five were the two thousand Baltimore Ravens the 2002 Bucks, the 2008 Steelers, the 2013 Seahawks, and then the 2015 Broncos. Um, okay. And kind of comparing those. And that Ravens team was just ridiculous. Statistically, just, yeah. Like, yeah, and I just remember, like, even when I was a young kid, I wanted to, like, emulate, Red, like, Ray Lewis's yeah. dance when he would yeah. come in. Like, that just was, like, yeah. like iconic. Wait, this so is all did, before. Did Sorry, he, go ahead. 
did he win a ring his first NFL season his season and his last NFL season then? Did he that was the second season? Oh, it was his second. Yeah, okay. his second season. His second and his last, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Looking at that though, that Seahawks team should have won more than one ring. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Side note, yeah. yeah, Legion of Boom. Yeah. But yeah, it's just impre- like because the Legion of Boom was great and all these other defenses were great, but I don't know if they put up as many shutouts as the Ravens did, which was even more impressive than anything else. Like there was games where like they were showing in the 30 for 30 where Brian Bill came in and was like 97 yards of total offense. And I'm like, oh my God. 97 yards of total offense in an entire game. Could you imagine? Yeah, I wish there was still stuff like that in the NFL. Oh, yeah, I would. I would love to see that. 97 yards is good for a first quarter. They've made it so offensive oriented. It's tough. Well, that'd be honestly, it would be super cool because the quarterback talent is at its all time best. And if there was one team where it's like, oh, well, can how can you do against? the 2000 Ravens, like, yeah, that's what I, I want to see yeah. right now. Like, that'd be cool to see a team like that come back. Yeah. Just, well, you know, just for, like, the, the storylines and stuff. Yeah. And I don't think of this team was on there, but, uh, like, 2011 49ers, that defense didn't mm. give up a rushing touchdown for, like, I forget how long that streak was. But yeah, that, that team, that was, like, what, Patrick Willis? and Yeah. yeah the team, team was also loaded and didn't give up touchdowns, which was impressive. At that time, too, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no, I just looked at the post, and the first comment was was wondering why the 2011 Niner team isn't on there. <laughs> oh, yeah. my gosh, that's crazy. Yeah, because, like, it's an underrated team for whatever yeah. reason, but I always think about that. I'm like, just the fact they didn't give up a rushing touchdown, like, that that's so hard to that's do. Ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Like uh, giving up a passing touchdown, yeah, there's a lot of variables that can go into that. Your defender could fall, but straight up, you know, this is going to be a one, two yard rush and you stop it every single time for multiple games in a row is so impressive. I would love to see the to like the 2019 or 2020 Ravens against that 2011 49ers defense in a goal line situation. Like yeah. Greg Roman's first year when he had like a little bit of creativity and they were the most efficient passing team in the league. But oh yeah. Do you have something then? Yeah, so I was just gonna um talk about so random random things I was looking at the other day and was the 2000 NL MVP race. Okay. And so I was looking <laughs> oh, at this it. This is ra- I'm in, I'm in. So okay. I was looking at it and I, yes, steroids, whatever. I'm not talking about steroids. Yeah, we're or who did that's it. Another, that's another day. Um but I just wanted to go over one thing here. So, first of all, Jeff Kent won the <laughs> NL MVP. Wow. I honestly don't even remember. Yet. I would have not gotten that if you asked who won MVP. Yeah, so Jeff Kent won. Now, you had Todd Helling, who led the league, like the whole league, not the NL, in yeah. batting average, on base, slugging, yeah. OPS, hits, RBIs, and war. And he got fifth in voting. Damn. Wait, did they, did they have Colorado a, bias? He hit 372 with 42 oh. home runs. What? And he got a fifth. All right. Then two more guys. You had Moises Alou, who hit 355 with 30 home runs, who got 20th in the wow. Oh my gosh. Wow. 
What was Jeff um, Kent's line that he Jeff won? Jeff Kent, who won, he had a 334 batting average, 33 homers, 125 ribbies, um, 424 on base, and a 596 slugging um, with a 7.2 war. And you had okay. Jeff Kent, Barry Bonds, Mike Piazza it was the top three. Classic. But you had top the top 20 guys are absolutely insane. You had, does anyone remember Richard Holdago? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was he was tied for twentieth with Moises Alou, and he had three fourteen with forty four home runs, one hundred twenty two RBIs, and a six point three WAR. And he was tw- so most of the top twenty guys were hitting over three hundred. Yep, over three hundred, over thirty home runs, over hundred RBIs. That's just, so you can say okay, the steroids for the power numbers, but percentage wise, steroids doesn't matter at all. I feel like. Yeah, it's it's absolutely insane. I mean, you had Barry Bonds, who was three hit 306, 49 home runs with 117 walks and didn't win. But anyway, just a crazy some That's of the numbers so in the 2000s crazy. were absolutely yeah. nuts. I wonder how many people this past year finished with a batting average over 300. It's probably like four people. Yeah, yeah, and the the game of uh, the game has changed with that. So, That's yeah, so you got crazy. power hitters even taking well. It's like. Yeah, so that's that's just the random thing that I saw that I just cannot believe, and some of those MVP races were just absolutely insane. What, we'll probably talk about MVP races each each week. What place did you say uh, Mike Piazza was? Got third. Oh, okay. Just yeah, Mike Piazza's my favorite player, <laughs> just in case anyone was wondering. Yeah, ben, if, Ben's a big Mike Piazza guy. Big Mike know. Piazza guy. His numbers that year were 324, 38 homers, 113 ribbies. That's a good year. Um, that's yeah. a good year. 5.1 war, though, not great. I just Todd Helton to me was just the most mind blowing thing. He yeah. led the league in like literally what every uh, what category. I, what's his career stat? I think I looked at his Wikipedia like um, like two months ago. Maybe yeah, so he's not in the Hall of Fame yet, but he's a sixty one point eight four. He has a career batting average of three sixteen with over twenty five hundred hits. That's crazy. Um, I mean, maybe nuts. you could say it's biased because he did play at Coors Field, but a little bit. You still but, have I mean, to do all that. Like that's yeah. the. Th- thing too like you still have to be that good to hit that many balls like you can take do whatever you want but like you still have to put the bat to the ball yeah i mean he's a five-time all-star three-time gold glove that's a little bit questionable but yeah um, four-time silver slugger yeah i mean he's he'll be in at some point yeah he should be that's that's super impressive yeah to have a career like that wow i can't believe jeff kent won that year i would have never gotten that yeah, and Jeff Kent actually just got kicked. I think he just got kicked off the ballot. Actually, kicked off the Hall of Fame ballot. I think. He oh, was this his last year? I think so. I think. I mean, he can obviously get in with the other committees, like Fred McGriff just did, but he just yeah. got kicked off. Yeah. The main one. So. Wow. Do we want to go over in the UFC 284? Do you got anything? No, I, I, I mean, I don't follow UFC as much as you guys do, but I see. Um... The big man John Jones is back. So yeah, we can just touch on it quick. There's not yeah. there's a big card coming up though. Wait, yeah, is this week play, is that this week? No, no, he comes one. back March fourth. So oh, it's coming up and, quick though. Him and um, who's his brother in the NFL? Is that Chandler Jones? Yeah, Chandler Jones. So they both yeah. got big, big game and a big fight. That's their family's gonna be yeah. going nuts these next two weeks. That's crazy. Plus, his other brother used to play for the Ravens. Arthur Jones. The won the Super Bowl. <laughs> I yeah. would not want to sit at their dinner table if they start to argue. Yeah. 
and John Jones could like beat up both of them, and they're both bigger than him. So, yeah. Well, what do you think as far as the fight, the title fight this week? Uh, obviously, the big one is the double double champ fight, um, and you got Yair and Emmett and as well. But what do you what are you thinking? Yeah, about? it's tough because Islam's a giant favorite for this, which. Yeah, I think it's uh, minus four forty. I saw. Yeah, that's substantial. And both. I don't know. I'm kind of riding with Volk. I always bet against the guy because I just always felt like Holloway was going to beat him. So I kind of yeah. feel like he's going to pull it out for some reason. I don't know. Yeah, he doesn't it feels, quit. Feels like Islam's just going to be too big for him. Um, yeah, sure. But I, yeah. I hope I, I'm rooting for Volk. But I, I would yeah. really like to see Islam go up and see how he would do against someone like Kamzad or yeah those guys i just that would that would be a fight i'd love to yeah it's definitely going to be interesting because you know he's going to go to the ground so how long can he actually hold off yeah the ground well, game and volk's tough i mean he was his was that his last fight or two fights ago he was it was at a uh, ortega he was yeah, in ortega that. ortega yeah. had him and he's he, he survived he and well his way out so that's why islam i'm i it's tough because he's already been in those moments a bunch of times, even just all the fights with Holloway. Those were like to the edge, all every single round mattered, every single punch mattered. So he's yeah. been in a lot of big spots already. And we'll see if Islam can go in there and dominate him. I don't know. Being a 400 is like, yeah. that's basically saying you're not getting out of like two rounds to me. That's what that feels like. Yeah. You're seeing that. I mean- Whatever happens, has off the vault for going up. I mean, that's a tough going for it, yeah. And I mean, not everyone crapped on Adesanya for going up and losing, but to go up a weight class like that's a yeah. I get someone who's ultra dangerous too. It wasn't like he just went up for you know just because someone cheap got it. Like he just for them, yeah, yeah. So that it. I mean, that's important, but yeah. And I also saw talk about moving up weight that Kamzat called out Robert Whittaker which okay. is a 185 pound fight, which seems on paper, like a good move for Hamza considering he doesn't want to lose weight. Yeah. I, I think he almost has to, because if he tries to go back down and miss weight again, I mean, he UFC no typically good. does not do well with that, but comes such a, you know, people love to watch him fight. That He's a destroyer. Him. Yeah. Yeah. Cut him, so I think 185 is the move for him, but it'll be interesting to see uh, Whitaker. I mean, he's not going to be able to manhandle these guys the same. Uh, I know he did with Holland, but that was... Yeah, Holland's not much of a wrestler either. Holland's, so yeah. <laughs> Whitaker, too, needs a big fight. So yeah, this would be a good spot for him. Super dangerous, probably going to get knocked out, but he went for it, so I give him respect for that. Yeah, I just don't I think, think anyone who goes in with Hamzat is coming out. I think the line, if that were to be the fight, I think it would be like a Kamzat would be probably like a minus three fifty favorite. Yeah, I would see that easily, and I probably hammer that too because <laughs> I mean, Whitaker is an incredible striker, but it, I don't care what you are. Like, I don't know who beats Hamzat. I don't know if you're a wrestler, or a striker. And I know he it, still looks good, but he's getting up there too with age. I mean, he's been around for yeah. A, he well, he's not he that old. Wars. He's been around for a long time, and he's been in yeah. he's been in some bad. Just being in three fights with Yoel Romero might as well be twelve regular fights. Jeez, three fights with a yeah. possible experiment. Yeah. <laughs> 
my gosh insane yeah i mean and then i guess in other news the chandler mcgregor thing which got announced which is pretty crazy i mean to be honest i'm not that excited for the ultimate fighter but i'm pretty yeah. excited for the actual fight at the end of the yeah. ultimate fighter um i'll definitely check out the twitter highlights of them throwing stuff at each other and yeah. almost fighting that's gonna be interesting but i'm not gonna probably tune in for the actual episode I'm not gonna lie yeah i mean the, all, no sorry go ahead no i mean the fight itself probably won't get taken place till october or november yeah everything's done with mcgregor and chandler but i mean chandler is the ultimate just showman i mean they're gonna go in there and stand up yeah even though chandler's probably best route is to wrestle some he's probably not going yeah. to but it's gonna be good too because of the, there's so much hype that's gonna be built up around this fight like mm-hmm. just having conor mcgregor do promotion for himself is big and now he's gonna do it on tv for extended months plus promoting younger fighters and stuff like that so it's a win for the UFC because they're turning somewhat could have been bad promotion into like, okay, it's going to be a win for us because anytime Connor gets to do long-term promotion, it seems to work out for everyone involved. Yeah. So, and I mean, between him and then now John Jones is back. Yeah. You got UFC's two biggest stars back in the octagon. And I think it's good for the whole company. Oh yeah. They're because, making money this year. Yeah. And people will maybe tune in to, that one tune into those cards and see other fighters and get them a little more interested in in the yeah. whole sport. No, and I, and I know I don't follow UFC as closely as you guys, but it's definitely some. It's sometimes hard being you know late Saturday nights or whatnot out people yeah. out doing other things. But I know every time I watch the fights with you guys, I definitely enjoy them. It seems like there's a big slate coming up in the next couple months. So yeah, yeah a lot of I people mean, back. Yeah, and between him and Gone, I I mean, I think Jones is already heavyweight champ. <laughs> I don't think it's yeah. gonna be much of a fight personally, yeah. but I could be wrong. Um, I just I mean the way Ninganu wrestled Gone, I think Jones is a heck of a better wrestler, way better wrestler than yeah. Ninganu. So if he can do that, then it's over. Yeah, yeah I don't think it's gonna be a finish, but I think it's yeah. gonna be decisive, yeah. I mean, it's always interesting to see someone who's been gone that long, and especially his last couple of fights, you can make the argument against Reyes. He lost that fight. Yeah. And so we'll see. And he doesn't, he doesn't have his, like, titles anymore, right? Because he was gone so long? No, but this no, is he, for the championship. Yeah. It's for the heavyweight championship. Okay. He moved up. He previously yeah. was only light heavyweight. Um, and this yeah, and he gave been, up that title. So this is his first heavyweight fight. First heavyweight fight for yeah. the title. Okay. First fight in like three years or four years. That's been a long time coming. Yeah. This has been crazy. It's been just him preparing. But honestly, not that much has happened in all that time of him being away. Like Francis is gone now, but which is probably the best thing for John Jones is Francis left. He was probably like, thank God. Yeah, that, un- that was a dangerous fight. It's unfortunate. That's that's the that's gonna be one of those fights that everyone just wishes. Yeah, like, like the Khabib Tony in their prime, and just like yep. what if what if it happened, and that would have been yeah. Fun. Um, but yeah, I mean to wrap it up, I was I got a random little trivia thing here for you guys. Okay. Um, that I'll just. Okay, is this UFC trivia? Or is this no? It's not UFC okay, trivia. Okay, this is just random trivia. Just to wrap this up, right. um, sports card related. So for anyone that don't know, I'm pretty big into sports cards. He so, is super big into sports cards. So everyone. I'm just gonna do this real quick. So I'm gonna compare two cards 
and you're going to get you guys are going to guess which one is more valuable all okay. right this is so <laughs> both cards are psa 10s which psa is the grading company uh, 10 means it's obviously in top top condition top condition um so i'm going to tell you um how many of them there are and how many were graded by the company okay so we got a 1984 Dan Marino rookie card. Oh, Dan Marino, my boy. <laughs> okay, okay. There's 403 of them, and there's of tens. There's 403 tens, and there's been 24,712 graded total. Oh, wow. Okay. okay. And then you've got high. then you got a 1998 Topps Chrome Dirk Nowitzki rookie card. Oh, oh. That only there's 191 in a ten. And there's 2,417 graded. So you got two guys, two different sports, but semi-similar as far as potentially where they may fall. So I'm going to ask you which one you think is more valuable. Okay. Okay. Chase, do you want to go? Do you want to go first or second? I'll go first. Right. I'm gonna go with the Marino card. Okay. Do you have any reasoning, or are you just are you just feeling it? I don't know. Just something about that card seems like it might be more valuable i don't know um, i don't know, really know why <laughs> i'm also gonna go marino i i feel like that was the year they went to the super bowl if i'm you guys can correct me if i'm wrong i'm pretty sure it was his rookie year pretty sure um someone can call me out if i'm wrong on that one but also honest, I, I actually mean, have no idea i don't know but um <laughs> so one of the viewers can it. call me out can fact check me but I feel like there's there's more it's it's an older card, you know. I don't know. I just feel like NBA is kind of a thing of the present, but I feel like NFL is still by far number one. And that's did you say did you have the year on that or you just said as a rookie card? 1984. Yeah. Tops. Yeah. So we're looking. Oh yeah. That's gotta be that's gotta be more. All expensive. right. So I didn't yeah. I apparently I didn't make this one hard enough. So Dan Marino was correct. Let's go. Hard. Part of that is probably 1984. There's only one Dan Marino rookie card, whereas Dirk has a few. Um, okay. So Dirk's is $735 roughly for his rookie card. The Dan Marino Damn. one's 4000 Whoa! Whoa! So Man. it's a big jump. Maybe wow. bigger than you thought, but it's a yeah. big uh, – so anyway, that's my little trivia. Here. I and like that. Hunt for some Dan Marino cards that aren't graded yet. That, <laughs> that's a 10. Nine and drops off by thousands. Wow. <laughs> so wow. Oh, that's cool though. I knew it. I knew that having that Dan Marino jersey in my closet would, there you would go. bring me some luck. Would so. pay off, yeah. Catch dub, Chase. We're both one to know. I like it. One I like know. it. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. That was cool. So Ben, sorry. I, I should have came up with something for you. Try to Maybe you not on cards, obviously, but no, no, that was fun. We'll have to keep that going. Yeah, no, I'll get another one planned for next week and just make it a little harder this time. Yeah, and hopefully the viewers enjoyed that too. Yeah, that was was cool. It's something different, you know. Yeah, but um, yeah, honestly, being the first show, uh, thanks for bearing with us. Obviously, some ups and some downs, a little bit of awkwardness here and there, a little bit of quirkiness. That's kind of what we are, though, you know, we're kind of a weird group group of dudes and we just we just like watching sports and we have weird takes on them so obviously let us know if we want to if you guys wanted to hear anything else if you guys ever want us to touch on certain things we just try to hit some of the big stuff some of the weird stuff some ufc stuff kind of all out there um and also yeah so 
yeah that was I a mean, good we, first show yeah we're just just trying to have some fun and uh you know hopefully everyone enjoys what they heard and um we will be certainly back next week yeah and yeah just remember guys it was after further review